This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks. I have the pleasure of having my friend Samer from Zeal on demand on Halo Talks live for our listening audience. Samer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pete. Wonderful to be here. So you've been a, a serial entrepreneur, uh, had many successes, and uh, several years ago you decided that there was an opportunity here in the wellness services space. And why don't you just talk about your background and then the team that you built, and then we're going to talk about the big opportunity that we're both working on together, which I'm excited about being a part of. Yeah, me too. I hail from Fresno, California, Woo-hoo. Central Valley. Uh, farm town. I went to Stanford undergrad and grad. I'm an engineer by training. I became a business guy and I started my first internet company in 1997, vault.com, job site for college, law school, and business school kids. I used it. Uh, Great business, uh, profitable. We sold it in 2007 to a private equity firm, Mm -hmm. stayed on for a little bit. And then I was involved in campusfood.com, which we sold to Grubhub. Get Made, which we sold to uh, HomeJoy and then Google, mm-hmm. and now Zeal. And my co-founders and I, one of whom is my wife, Allison Harmelin, the other one's a Vault co-founder, Ed Shen, we saw this opportunity to do on-demand massage therapy to the home to start. Massage is incredibly difficult to book. It's hard to find somebody good. And it turns out that most people want a massage on demand, which Mm -hmm. means within four hours of start time. So we book 81% of our appointments same day, and we can get to you in as little as one hour, and we've got amazing therapists. That's great. So I I worked on the original Massage Envy deal. When that deal got done, um, there was questions related to what's the unit economics, how are you going to produce the type of volume, can you get people on a recurring membership? Uh, as a health club membership, which I know Zeal's kind of moved more towards a recurring subscription model. Right. So a- as you look at the at the market and you say, okay, massage, there might be uh, uh, something attached to like, oh, I'm getting a massage because, you know, I, I want to get some stress relief or, you know, I just went and did a workout. But th- there's a lot of people that are actually focused on massage for chronic pain, for yes. medical conditions. So talk about the mix of, of, of the types of people you're helping because this isn't, this isn't just a luxury service. This isn't service. just pampering, you know, sitting right. by the pool, taking Instagram photos with Kim Kardashian, uh, although we, we have those use cases, but those are under a quarter of the use cases. The vast majority, almost three quarters, are medically related. So you have doctor's prescription for back pain, neck pain. For those orders, people are using an HSA or FSA card on Zeal to pay for those appointments with pre-tax dollars, which is really cool. You've got uh, people telling us they have fibromyalgia. They need to, uh, you know, relieve some post-workout pain. They need to get more limber. They've got, you know, post-cancer treatment. So a lot of medical pain management type of issues. And then we have a B2B business. So we bring massage and other related recovery services, as they're called, to companies as part of their wellness program. And the reason the companies are bringing us there, sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, most often once a month, is to relieve stress, tension, tech neck, back pain from sitting at your desk all day. So there's a real health benefit to the massage therapy that we're providing, whether it's the home, hotel room, hospital, workplace, gym or wherever else the customer is ordering it and whether he's paying for it himself or the company's paying for it. Yeah. So, so as you look at the size of the market, obviously Massage Envy now owned by Roar Capital, big company. Hand and Stone, big company owned by uh, Levine Leichman, 
uh, at, a, at a very high multiple purchase price. You got WellBiz that's out there that's owned by KSL. So you see all these like traditional businesses that are out there that you know people need to go and need to book an appointment. Whereas the on-demand, and we're living in an on-demand world, you know, you basically have kind of leapfrogged into connecting the therapist directly with the consumer or the therapist directly with the company. So it's almost like the total addressable market is kind of almost undefined because you're really creating more opportunities than actually existed. Correct. So how do you, how do you think about we're that? We're actually not even stealing share from those guys. We're creating brand new share. Because mm-hmm. every customer we get tells us, he or she may even already have a membership to those places, but they're using us while traveling. Mm-hmm. They're using us late at night. You know, 70% of our appointments occur in the evening, mm-hmm. right? When all these places are closed, 15% of our customers are on a subscription, like you said, very similar to the massage envies of the world. It's mm-hmm. a monthly massage subscription, and they generate 50% of our in-home revenue. Most of our companies are on subscription. So, so 55% of our revenue now is due to subscriptions. Mm-hmm. So as you look at the massage industry and you say, okay, you know, we, we're in a preventative health, preventative health, right? We're in the workout recovery. Right. You know, there, there is a pampering component. Obviously, back pain is probably the largest issue that people yeah, have. back and neck pain. Right? Big time. So, so as you kind of look at all those and you say, okay, I've spent, you know, the Series A and the Series B round basically creating a brand name and also taking the time for the sales and marketing into the business channel. And as we know, when you're talking about healthcare companies, you're talking about hospitals, you're talking about employee you know, wellness programs, like it takes a while to get into those accounts. So kind of where, where do you feel like you are in the indoctrination of like, hey, this is kind of part of what you get as an employee benefit. Right. And here's like standard parts of the healthcare plan. I mean, we're still in the early innings, right? Because we launched in Manhattan first, then we expanded to broader New York city then we launched in la then san francisco mm-hmm. earlier this year we launched in denver dallas houston so we really have six core cities that we're in and this is a very hyper local business you know, right. think about massage envy they have almost 1400 units you gotta you gotta think of this business as zip code by zip code mm-hmm. the difference between us and a massage envy is that we do cater to our subscription customer while he or she's traveling and we do have the corporate business which they don't which is a very exciting business with even higher margins but at the end of the day, we're still very early days here. So we just built out our sales force. We hired the top guy at care.com to build out a whole sales team and put in systems about 12 months ago. So he's just getting off to the races here, signing big contracts like we just did with Hyatt, yep. 138 hotel deal to be in every Hyatt without a spa, powering in-room massage, which is super exciting. And ultimately they're gonna integrate our app into their app. We just got Venus Williams to sit on our board last uh, two months ago. We just announced that position two weeks ago. So she's off to the races, helping us you know, blow up the brand and get into more sports and recovery types of uh, therapies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's early. We're very excited. This is going to be a huge business. That's great. So you know, as you go around and you get more and more of these companies to, to start to install Zeal, as part of their employee benefit program, you know, what do you see as the retention rate there? Um, you know, what are massage therapists making as, you know, versus what they would make in kind of like a volume shop of, of a massage Emmy? Because what, what, what intrigues me about the business, it's kind of a win, win, win for everybody involved. Like the massage therapist making more money. 
corporations able to get on-demand qualified people. You've got your safety check and security, and you've got the ability now to create a, a, an ecosystem, not even a marketplace, because I don't view it as a marketplace. I mean, you're really creating a large business here that has now a pipeline into these opportunities that is much bigger than just massage. So how do you think right. about that? Well, first to the question of recurrence. So 15% of the consumers on subscription, about 22% of the companies right now are on a subscription. And between those, they're generating over half of the revenue of the company. And I think once you're on subscription, the retention is really good because people need to take care of themselves on a regular basis. And most of it right now is monthly. Mm-hmm. In terms of the economics, the average massage therapist in the United States makes $43 per massage hour. The average therapist on the Zeal platform makes $81 per massage hour. The the highest absolute dollars in the industry. So, so we're you're getting paying the best the people. Mo- we're getting the best people, and all they ever say is, give me more work. So mm-hmm. in places like New York and San Francisco, L.A., where we're pretty deeply penetrated, but again, still early, those markets could be 10x bigger than we're currently at. Mm-hmm. In those markets, they're getting a lot of work and they're dumping other work to take our work. In the other markets, we're starting, we're building up the, the demand, so the supply is jumping on and taking whatever it can, but ultimately, we're gonna be able to give them a lot more work and we're gonna mop up all the best therapists, I'm convinced. Gotcha. And then from a standpoint of you know this on-demand economy, where you've got Uber and Lyft drivers, you know, you've got Peloton doing their thing, um, you know, h- how do you view the autonomy and freedom that a massage therapist or stretching specialist or, you know, go down all the, you know, facials and everything else that could potentially go down this channel, you know, what, what have you done to ensure the safety, the security, the, you know, when they get paid, you know, all all those things about the business model. That's not just like, Hey, you know, I'm going to compete, you know, with zeal. It's like, well, you better think about like, you better think about all the extra benefits, right? You could make a little bit more money per hour on your own, but what are you missing out on? We're doing all the marketing, right? We're building a brand on the safety and trust piece, you know, trust and safety. We are IDing every single consumer we have all these databases in the back end checking for fraud and other sort of items to make sure that if Pete Moore is ordering, it's really Pete Moore. Mm-hmm. And we're telling you it's a legitimate massage business. So, you know, expect a professional therapist who's licensed, background checked. So we also ensure, you know, on the other side, we tell the consumer you're getting somebody well vetted. Right. So there's great trust and safety systems. You're paying by credit card. No cash is changing hands. We're ensuring, you know, that you're as safe as possible. If anything you know, should happen, even as little as, you know, hey, you got lotion on my couch, what are you gonna do? You got this trusted big company behind it, so we take care of you. We can refund you, we can fix your stuff, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So you can't do that on your own as a therapist. So it's a very good platform in that respect. Gotcha. So, you know, I understand the B2C business, you know, it's pretty clear and, 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 and well thought out. And, you know, there it's just a matter of what's the customer acquisition cost? How do I get people on a subscription? Just like any other, you know, recurring revenue Yeah, just business. like any other business, you build the top of the funnel. You get the word out as cost effectively as possible. You know, we're generally acquiring people for $100 or less. 
we're making $45 in gross margin on the first appointment. So as soon as we get people on subscription, we're making money. For the people who only try us once, we obviously lose some money. But in the overall scheme of things, we're, we've been making historically three to one in three years on every single customer, even on the one-timers, because we just average them all into the deal. So let's, let's flip over and, and, and talk about the healthcare industry in general. And I think, you know, they're always, you know, slow to adopt anything that's, that's not a, a prescription medication yeah, or, or actually a hospitalization or something like that. Yeah. So talk about, you know, uh, insurance companies that are starting to finally understand, okay, look, I can bring you in. I've vetted you. You've obviously got the therapist, you've got the safety and security. And now I want to actually spend money before someone comes in to do a, an operation or to, to have some kind of issue with their back, I'm going to prevent or, or it. Or heck, even taking opioids, which we know now are a hugely costly, you know, sort of item here. So th this is a class of issues called musculoskeletal injuries. Mm -hmm. And the healthcare companies, employers are spending a fortune on it. So it's back pain, neck pain, it's workers' comp issues. And traditionally, it's surgery, opioids, PT that is being spent, and the healthcare companies are waking up to the idea that there's a preventative piece in the form of massage therapy, assisted stretching, yoga, to the home of patients with back pain to test the efficacy of our treatments relative to surgery and opioids. Hugely exciting, one of the first sort of studies of its kind. Mm -hmm. The money we're getting from Cigna is to bring massage and yoga and other recovery services to companies to alleviate some of the employee sort of tension and other issues and hopefully lower premiums over time. Mm -hmm. So they're finally waking up to the fact that these modalities, traditionally called alternative health care, actually are cost effective and preventative. Right. How do you, how do you feel about when, when, when's the tipping point when alternative becomes primary? <laughs> Well, are we getting there? <laughs> as soon as possible, right? <laughs> uh, I, I think our timing's perfect. We're at an inflection point, mm -hmm. and Zeal is going to ride this wave and be a huge player in this preventative and alternative healthcare therapy movement. So when you look at, at the competitors, you know, and, and, and we've done some work, and there's really no one at the size or scale of Zeal. So what, what you know, talk about your management team. Talk about the people that you've recently added. Talk about, you know, the depth of, of, of the technology, just so... You know, there, there really is a moat around this business as far as I'm concerned. We're, we're building a moat, yeah, for sure. And our team is excellent. As, as so many VCs have recently said, you've built a hell of a team that's sort of punching above its weight right now in terms of where you're at. But it's, it's perfect timing because as you scale, this is the team you want. So we've got a CTO from IAC. We've got a CPO from FanDuel and mm -hmm. Zynga. We have a head of marketing from Amex and Airbnb. We've got a, a homegrown COO, head of people. Uh, we're looking for a CFO right now. We've got several good candidates through the search firm, so that's about to get placed. But otherwise, we've got a full, beautiful team here. And, and we have the guys I said earlier from Care.com who built out their entire B2B business, now building out our B2B business. That's great. So uh, back in 2007, 2008, I was helping a group buy Massage Envy. And... Um, a number of people said, well, no one's going to stay on that. That's like a fad. No one's got to pay a monthly subscription to stay on that. That's when they had 200 locations. 
Now they're up to 1,500 locations. So what are some of the things that you hear from some of the naysayers or people that maybe don't have a good land, you know, good lens into where the future is. I think you and I kind of see what's around the corner yeah. might not be completely evident, but to me, it, it shines a bright light on like, look, this is going to be services to the home, to the workplace, on demand. You know, what what are some of the things that people say to you? You're like, look, I I can't necessarily like give you all the data, but let me just tell you kind of where this yeah, is trailing. Yeah. Well, pe people are saying, one, hey, is massage just a luxury, sort of nice-to-have product? You know, that famous, you know, is it is it aspirin or is it a vitamin that mm -hmm. VCs talk about? You know, it's traditionally been a vitamin, something that's nice to have, but, but it's changing. People are recognizing that the more they do things like massage, the more they can prevent injury, the more stress and tension they can reduce. And as the healthcare plans and employers start to subsidize, right, people will just buy it more. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like PT. PT has blown up in the last 10 years since, you know, New York and other states made it direct to consumer, made it more unlimited, mm -hmm. didn't require a doctor's prescription. I think that's where massage is headed, massage and assisted stretching. So that's part of it. The other one is that sometimes the VCs will say, well, is it recession proof? I say nothing's quite recession proof, but we had a recession about 10 years ago and the spa industry and massage held up really well. In fact, volume stayed relatively steady, partially through discounting, but overall, it was very surprising that people continued to get their massages. And in fact, Massage Envy really blew up during this time frame. So I just say the naysayers, the trends are in our favor. We're still, you know, a relatively small company, so we have a chance to get in on the ground floor, mm -hmm. and we're at an inflection point, and we now have Venus to help us build the brand, and we have an Amex partnership. They're doing direct mailers out to all these great customers. Mm -hmm. That that partnership is doing amazingly well, so we're going to do it in more cities. So as, as you look at the... Um you know, right now you're at a, a, a gross market uh, value of, of massage at about $40 million. I think it's your, oh, your for annual. Us, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our annual this year will be just over $40 million. Right, so yeah. you're doing $40 million, You've done over a million massages. Yep, earlier this year. And, uh, you know, as, as you look at what you've seeded the market, whether it's the Hyatt deal, and I want to talk about that, or whether some of the healthcare services deal or some of the inbound calls that you're getting now, you know, where, where do you feel like you are kind of like on the seesaw of like, look, I made all this investment in the brand. I made all this investment in these, these long, long cycle sales accounts. And like, it really hasn't kind of tipped over yet right. to actually fulfill the services. So uh, what is the, what, what does the next 12 months look like for Zeal? Well, after we raise this round, we're, we're, we're out now raising $25 million in a Series C. We've got a plan to go deeper in our current six cities and launch five more. And that's all we're going to do for the next 12 to 15 months and just keep building the brand in those cities and executing on those B2B contracts we've already signed. That, that alone over the next 15 to 18 months should double the size of the business. So it's really about execution and just staying laser focused and keeping our burn relatively low. Got it. So when you look at, let's take Hyatt as an example, which I think is a great kind of bellwether for, for the industry where people come to a hotel and they either expect that they can just, that there just happens to be massage therapists just hanging out in a, in a spa right. area, um, that Hyatt's now paying, you know, uh, at least some hourly wage to, because that's the, the laws in, in, 
some of the states and probably going to be all the states that if somebody's here, you know, you got to pay them um, versus the model of, hey, look, we've got a service powered by Zeal and we can have somebody, you know, in, in our massage room or, you know, in directly your to your room. Um, and as little as one hour. Yeah. So how is that kind of, you know, one, the, obviously the economics for uh, a hotel, which has gone from like the, the, the spa being a cost center to now the spa effectively being a profit center on a yep. rev share with zeal. Um, what are some of the things that Hyatt's doing, you know, uh, from a marketing standpoint directly to their, uh, uh, hotel guests, but also like, what is it? How, how do you feel about like what that kind of represents uh, right. as like a potential opportunity? Well, the Hyatt deal is very exciting because 30% of hotels have spas, but 70% don't. So mm. we have, we have actually have two Hyatt deals. So the deal with the 58 hotels at Hyatt that have a spa, we're augmenting their staffing. And to your point, the spa is now a profit center. So we're white labeling our staff and they're now servicing more guests, making more money. The other part of the Hyatt deal, which captures the 70% of hotels that do not have spas, is that those 138 hotels are now powered by Zeal, and they're putting menus in the rooms and building other collateral. We just launched the first three hotels with them. We're going to launch all of them in 12 months, and they're mm -hmm. ultimately going to integrate our app into the Hyatt app. And that's a game changer for the industry because now you can offer an amenity in a hotel that does not have a spa and bring it right to the room. And every single order is profit. They're going to make about 40 to $50 of profit on every single order because it's all on demand mm -hmm. in as little as one hour. And you put it on your room bill, by the way. Got it. So as you look at that deal and you say, okay, you know, from, from the ability to provide the massage therapist, which is, you know, a key asset of the business, giving them a significant amount of volume, then you've got a hotel that's basically saying, hey, look, I'm actually putting no overhead towards this. Right. So this is just a straight... Just a little marketing, you know, overhead right. to, to stimulate demand. But other than that, every order is on demand. It's all revenue to the hotel with profit. And what are some of the other services that you think could go down this channel once this is proven out? I mean, there, there probably isn't a limit, right? There's, there's skin care, so skin care, wellness, facials. Mm -hmm. There's yoga. There's PT, potentially. There's acupuncture. Our customers also ask for hair, makeup, and lots of other beauty services, which is another form of wellness. Sure. So there's a lot of leverage that we can put on this platform. We have to be smart about which services and which types of providers, mm -hmm. but there, there's, there's a lot. So the next immediate ones are the assisted stretching we're testing right now in Manhattan and the yoga and mindfulness classes we're doing with a couple dozen employers right now also in a test. Gotcha. And then when you take a look at some of the corporations that you're going into and then you got three hour minimum, so you, your massage therapists are actually making you know, don't have to travel around as much and are and typically don't have to bring equipment. We typically have equipment on site for them. So they're making at least three hours in a row of, of money. And a lot of these are recurring contracts, like we said. So they'd also know that they've got a gig, say, every Thursday afternoon for the next fifty-two weeks. Mm -hmm. That's very empowering to a therapist, right? Because sixty-five percent of therapists are ten ninety-niners and always were, even before Zeal. Mm -hmm. And they're filing Schedule C on their tax return, and they want to make as much money as possible. And the Zeal platform allows them to. Gotcha. 
So, you know, as you look at the next cities that you're going to launch into, you know, you've already seeded those markets with professionals we've, we've here. We've a hundred markets in the last three years to get ready to launch. And we're going to launch the next five next year post the Series C. Gotcha. And then from, uh, you know, looking at, at the profitability and the contribution margin in the cities that you're currently in, obviously you just scratched the surface there. But, you know, how do you think about, you know, ramping and, and what the, the road to, to contribution margin, profitability, break-even analysis, like how, how do you guys think about that? Well, well, we look at it on a contribution margin basis, which is defined as gross revenue minus therapist pay minus all the cost of goods minus all the direct marketing in that city. So New York, San Francisco, LA are generating profits based on that definition. Denver, Dallas, Houston are not currently, but are headed there. So already the the burn in those cities has come down since we launched them nine months ago. And we'll do the same with the other cities. And it will even make sense to put every dollar of contribution margin back into those cities to make them even bigger and more profitable in the long run. And then the last question, you know, as, as you think about the growth of the business and you think about where the market's going to be in the next three to five years, you know, th- there's probably a number of companies that, you know, whether you, you decide, okay, look, I'm going to take this. This is a public company at some point where you're basically the largest I, wellness I would services. I to take it public. Yeah. So that, that, that's one potential exit or, or path to, you know, greatness. And then the other is, you know, you've got a lot of these companies that are, incented to provide these services and might say, hey, look, I'd like to put this under our umbrella. Yeah, exactly. Think about the partners we have now. Hotel chain could want this business. The other marketplaces that are being built out there, even the recently public ones like Peloton, right? They might want to add these this business as an extension mm-hmm. to their business. The healthcare plans themselves, as you know, are branching out into retail and direct-to-consumer themselves. So they might want to add our business, and I think there's many others. There's just a wealth of potential acquirers for a business like this, especially when we get it profitable, which we're already marching toward. Right. And then as you think about the marketplace and like the scalability of the business model, you know, you're obviously making a capital investment into each one of these new cities. That capital investment is, you don't have the luxury of, of capitalizing that on your balance sheet. So you're basically like every dollar you spend is an expense into a new market. So, you know, once you get to a point where you're headed, where you've got an additional five cities, you know, it's really a question of where the management team wants to take the business, where you continue to go deeper. Do you continue to go into the B2B side Are these huge healthcare contracts that may be available? So how do you think about kind of balancing all of those potential opportunities? I think at some point in the next roughly 18 months, we project that we'll be making enough contribution margin on all our cities that we've got a break-even to profitable business. And then it's just a matter of reinvesting those profits into the business. And the only reason you'd go out and raise more money is if you just wanted to grow even faster in in a very sort of strategic way. And, you know, you would do that. So, yeah, if we see opportunities to sign more healthcare contracts or add more cities and it makes sense from an ROI perspective, we'll do it. If we want to be more conservative, we'll just take our, you know, contribution margin and just plow only that amount back into the business and just run the business break even. I think we'll have a lot of paths open to us post this C-raise. That sounds good. Well, uh, it was great getting the time to, uh, to chat with you here, educate people on what's going on in the on-demand wellness services platform. Love being at Halo Talks. You heard it here first. 
Zeal, zeal, and zeal.com. Thank you, Pete. Summer, pleasure. Thank you. Good to see you.